Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour One. Hello, America. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number is 877-973-7425 if you want to be on the program. I bet you know what we're going to talk about. Turns out the lab leak theory just might be right, as we've known all along. Can we just step back for just a minute, please? Uh, we'll get into the Wall Street Journal report and the media reaction, all of that stuff. But but let's just let's go all the way back. The original theory that was floated out there uh, was that uh, China has wet markets and that uh, these wet markets where you can, I mean, you buy these endangered animals to feast upon and, and whatnot. And there was a... A theory that the uh, coronavirus had jumped from a bat through people, possibly buying bats or buying animals that had been uh, bitten by bats or some such. Uh, there are lots of animals that give off lots of diseases that the Chinese love to eat or some such at these wet markets. And what was so weird at the time is when Tom Cotton was one of the very first people to uh, advance the idea of the lab leak, the the media thought it was really racist to suggest it had come from a lab, but not racist at all to suggest it had come from a backwoods diet in Wuhan, China. To be fair to people at the time, I, I, I really do want you to understand this. To be fair to people at the time, there had been a number of disease outbreaks that had come from these wet markets in China. And so it was a logical assumption that COVID had also come from the wet markets in China. It was a logical assumption, but it was not the only assumption. Unfortunately, the media decided that if you wanted to assume a lab, you were assuming something deeply nefarious and racist as opposed to the wet market, which they said wasn't racist. Uh, You do have to keep that perspective that, yes, uh, the reason the wet market was somewhere that they thought it was plausible that this virus came from was because of the history of viruses coming from these wet markets that the Chinese were increasingly regulating because they had the potential to inflict diseases upon humanity coming from animals. It was a real theory and it had real credibility and a real history. The problem was not that this was the theory that most people went with. The problem was that so much of the media and the Democrats precluded even the suggestion that maybe the virus had come from a lab through an accident. No one suggested at the time, by the way, that it was an intentional leak from a lab other than a few fringe people. Here's Tom Cotton. This is how it was handled when Tom Cotton suggested that because of China's duplicity and dishonesty, we couldn't be dismissive of the idea that this had escaped the Chinese bioweapons lab, which, surprise, happened to be in Wuhan, where this virus originated. Here's the headline in the subheadline. Senator Tom Cotton repeats fringe theory of coronavirus origins. Subtitle, 
Scientists have dismissed suggestions that the Chinese government was behind the outbreak, but it's the kind of tale that gains traction among those who see China as a threat. The rumor appeared shortly after the new coronavirus struck China and spread almost as quickly that the outbreak now afflicting people around the world had been manufactured by the Chinese government. The conspiracy theory lacks evidence, but has been dismissed by scientists. But it has gained an audience with the help of well-connected critics of the Chinese government, such as Stephen K. Bannon, President Trump's former chief strategist. And on Sunday, it got its biggest public boost yet. Speaking on Fox News, Senator Tom Cotton, Republican of Arkansas, raised the possibility that the virus had originated in a high-security biochemical lab in Wuhan, the Chinese city at the center of the outbreak. We don't have evidence that this disease originated there, the senator said. But because of China's duplicity and dishonesty from the beginning, we need to at least ask the question to see what the evidence says. And China right now is not giving evidence on that question at all. Mr. Cotton later walked back the idea that the coronavirus was a Chinese bioweapon run amok. But it is the sort of tale that resonates with an expanding chorus of voices in Washington. To be clear here, Tom Cotton's point was never that it was a bioweapons. Now, listen, let me get your attention here. Yeah, I'm clapping intentionally. You've got to pay attention to this. Senator Tom Cotton of Arkansas never, ever suggested that the coronavirus had come from a Chinese bioweapons laboratory as a bioweapon released into the world. The media chose to interpret his words that way because the media is used to interpreting Republicans' words in the worst possible way. And he did not walk back suggesting that it was a bioweapon being released. What he did was clarify he did not mean to suggest it was a bioweapon. It was that this lab studies these sorts of viruses and it could have accidentally been released. The media, however, refused to report accurately what he said. And then when he had to clarify what he said so the media would accurately report it, they accused him of walking something back that he never actually said. They just wanted to accuse him of lying. Ted Cruz, shortly thereafter, suggested the Washington Post was abandoning all pretense of journalism to produce Chinese Communist Party propaganda. If reporters submitted a video, this video in a freshman logic class, it wouldn't receive a passing grade. Let's review the facts. And he was commenting on a video from the Washington Post uh, trying to explain the, the wet market uh, produced virus and also dismissing the idea that the lab was leak was possible. And, and the Washington Post went overboard using Chinese Communist Party talking points on how secure the lab was and how impossible it was for the virus to get out of the lab. And Glenn Kessler, the in-house fact checker for the Washington Post, tweeted, I fear Ted Cruz missed the scientific animation in the video that shows how it is virtually impossible for this virus jump from the lab or the many interviews with actual scientists. We deal in facts and viewers can judge for themselves. Angela Rasmussen is a virologist at the Vaccine and Infectious Disease Organization at the University of Saskatchewan. She pinned a piece 
and said that pushing the lab leak theory was not only unsupported, it was dangerous, it was racist to do. And they, of course, were not alone. Democrats and the media together screamed. Well, four American governmental entities, including the National Intelligence Panel, still think that COVID-19 did not originate from this bioweapons lab in China. However, one of the entities that has changed its mind on this and joined the FBI, the FBI has long maintained it was leaked from the bioweapons lab. The Energy Department has changed its mind upon an assessment. It's new intelligence. The Energy Department now joins the Federal Bureau of Investigation in saying the virus likely spread via a mishap at the Chinese laboratory. The Energy Department had previously been undecided. According to a classified intelligence report to the White House, it has now determined it was most likely a leak from the lab. The Energy Department is perhaps the most significant. Do you know what the Energy Department actually does? The Energy Department doesn't actually uh, handle our power grid. The Energy Department handles America's nuclear arsenal and its nuclear material. And not only that, the Energy Department also maintains a network of national laboratories that do research into biological weapons and warfare. You wouldn't think the Energy Department is involved in biological weapons, but the Energy Department is. In fact, the Energy Department has its own little secret intelligence group and police force. You know, Rick Perry was the Secretary of Energy. Uh, He's a good friend of mine. Rick Perry wanted to end the Department of Energy in that debate in 2012 where he forgot one of the three departments he wanted to get rid of, Commerce, Education, Energy was the third department. It's the one he forgot. Ironically, it's the one he became the secretary of. He told me one time he was in uh, an airport in Rome and a guy came up to him and said, Mr. Secretary, I want to introduce myself. I'm your liaison to Interpol. And he says, my, my what? He says, the guy says, I'm your liaison to Interpol and, and explained to him. He says, I had no idea. I had like this internal police force and, and intelligence group. He says, I, I, I had no idea the Department of Energy did the stuff that it did. He says, people think I handle the power grid or something. He says, I'm handling nuclear arsenal, bioweapons labs, and things like that. That's what the Department of Energy does. It is the Department of Energy's expertise. And so when the Department of Energy, which has its expertise in this field, has its intelligence officers do an assessment and determines based on scientific expertise that it probably was a leak from a bioweapons laboratory in China, you should pay attention. All of you people out there who are obsessed with credentials and you only want credentialed people to give you their opinion, the Department of Energy is the most credentialed department in the federal government to offer an opinion on a leak from a bioweapons laboratory because that's what the Energy Department oversees. This is significant. What is also significant is that while the National Intelligence Council suggests the virus still came from an infected animal, the Central Intelligence Agency 
and another agency that officials will not name remain undecided between the lab leak and the natural transmissions theory. The CIA is not down with the National Intelligence Council's assessment. It hasn't said it rejects it, but what's notable is it says it's not on board with it. And then another classified intelligence agency we don't know about says the same thing. They're not down with the natural transmission. The larger issue here, though, is so much of the press and so many Democrats worked together for so long to silence anyone who suggested the weapons laboratory leak. They shamed Tom Cotton as a racist. They heckled Ted Cruz as an idiot. They told us it was dangerous and racist to suggest it. Think about this. These people actually argued it was more racist to suggest a bioweapons laboratory leak on accident than to suggest the Chinese were eating crazy animals in a wet market, and that's what caused the disease. No, no, it's the weapons lab that, that's, that's racist, not thinking about what the Chinese are eating. And now it turns out the weapons lab was probably right. And the media spin on this even today is that, well, actually, four governmental agencies still say it's not. Only two governmental agencies say it's probably so. So the majority still think it's not true. But the credentialed one, the credentialed one, the one whose background is in bioweapons labs and nuclear bombs and, 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 and national security, the one with all the scientific experts in bioweapons laboratories, that one says it probably did come from a lab. If you're going to rely on people with the credentials, you got to rely on them. And they're telling you probably came from the lab. Maybe you should pay attention. And you know what's going to happen. They're going to try not to apologize. They're not going to say they're sorry. They're not going to say, oh, maybe we shouldn't be so aggressive in censoring people online. There, there, there will be no apology forthcoming. In fact, what they will do is just move the goalposts and say, no, we never did what we actually did because they don't have the basic level of humility, self-awareness, or even self-reflection to be able to acknowledge they got it wrong and also understand why so many people no longer trust any of them. So my kid has a queen-size bed. We've got a king-size bed. We got him bull and branch sheets, and he's used them. He had, like, kid sheets, and now he's old enough. He doesn't want the, the action figure sheets anymore. Well, we got lost because, I mean, the sheets look like our sheets, except they're queen-size sheets, and they got put in our closet, and the kid was in despair. We got him bowl and branch sheets. They've gotten softer and softer. And he's like, where are my real sheets? He refused to sleep until we found the real sheets because they're that soft. They're that good. They're made with a 100% organic cotton thread. They get softer in every wash. You can stay cozy all winter long with a set of bowl and branch sheets. They really are that good. We have them on multiple beds in our house. My goodness. my Seriously, my kid, uh, he's finally like, my sheets are for kids. I'm I'm grown up now. And... Uh, it's just a, a step of quality above what he had. And now he's like, can't sleep without these sheets. They're designed to feel incredible for all sleepers. They're made without toxins. They're free of pesticides, formaldehyde, other chemicals. They fit the deepest mattress too, which I love because we have a very thick mattress on our bed and it fits. It doesn't like 
bunch up and then snap off in the middle of the night when you roll over. You can get 15% off your forced order Bowl and Branch sheets when you use promo code Eric at bowlandbranch.com. Exclusions apply. See site for details. That's bowlandbranch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com. The promo code is Eric, E-R-I-C-K. Welcome back. Delighted to have you guys with me today. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Very quickly, I want to make sure you know if you text Eric, E-R-I-C-K, to 33777, you can uh, get the links to follow me all over social media, get the live stream, get the podcast. Uh, the most important one is the top link for the daily email that you can also subscribe to. If you did, you'd see all these headlines in there today about this stuff. Um, I, I, I'm not done talking about this, by the way, because there is more, um, much more out there. Um, and I... Um, I am really curious as to how the um I I, I, I well here's what I'm getting at. I I'm sorry. Let, let me just explain this one to you. Um I have continued to say for a very long time that the media is enslaved to their own hatred and prejudices of the right these days. They, they're not a free press. Uh, they're, they're not a free press at all. What they are is a press that is so far to the left, they are captured by their hatreds, their hostilities, their bigotries, and their prejudices against people who are not like them. And the people who are not like them tend to be conservative, Christian, Republican. Uh, And the result of all of this is that um, the media lacks any sort of self-awareness, any sort of appreciation that maybe they got something wrong when it comes from conservatives. I can spend all day long pointing out what the media got wrong. If I try to do it in a way to the media to suggest that maybe you guys should reassess, it falls on deaf ears because they don't think I, as someone of the right, am capable of even analyzing what they've done wrong. Um, They think that I, as someone on the right, am someone who cannot honestly and intellectually weigh in on uh, how the press is, how the press functions, or anything of the like. Uh, So... I don't know that they can fix the problem. In fact, today, there's all sorts of damage control mode. Well, you know, at the time, there was no real credible theory about this lab leak, and and Republicans were just saying it because they hated China. They didn't know either. That's essentially the spin that's happening right now, and this has some ramifications and implications for all of our society that we should examine when we come back right here across the nation on The Eric Erickson Show. Hello there, it is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425 if you want to be on the program. When COVID started, I do think you have to appreciate that there is this strain on the right that I I, have kind of long chuckled about. 
that said that COVID came from this Chinese bioweapons lab, but also said it was not a big deal and, and we shouldn't worry about it. I, if it if you thought it came from a bioweapons lab, at least for a time you should take it seriously, even if you decide otherwise. But there were a lot of people who all along said it's it's no big deal. It's not going to hurt anybody, even as it was overwhelming hospitals and the like. Um, about uh, the only people who had serious cases of COVID who don't actually think uh, who I, – I, I don't know. I'm I, I'm kind of I'm flummoxed with the people who who really believed it was from a bioweapons lab, and also concurrently at the same time from the very beginning said, you know what, it's it's no big deal. Ignore it. Uh, it it's easy for them to say they didn't die of it, um, and that has long frustrated me about friends of mine on the right who were highly dismissive of this, even us hospitals were being overwhelmed in the beginning. It was making people very sick. Now, I I say this from the vantage point of being two hours north of Albany, Georgia. Uh, a lot of people who, in fact, the, the people I know the most who are most insistent it was never an issue are the people who uh, did not live in areas that were dramatically impacted by it. Uh, being in middle Georgia, being two hours from Albany, Georgia, where COVID killed a great many people. It's hard for me to be dismissive of it. Being the husband of a wife with uh, lung cancer, it's hard for me to be dismissive of it. However, that being said, COVID is a virus. That's your obvious statement of the day. But viruses change and mutate. Here's where we are as a society now, and this really isn't about COVID. This is about far greater things than this virus. Early on, they told us not to wear masks. And it turns out at the time they were lying, I had on Donald Trump's Surgeon General, and I asked him, why did you change your opinion on masks? And he essentially admitted they they were afraid there would be a run on masks First responders needed them the most, and so they had to tell people masks weren't necessary so that people wouldn't rush out and get them out of the supply chain when first responders needed them. And then once first responders had enough, they were willing to say, okay, now wear masks. I am one of those people who insisted early on that, yes, we should be wearing masks. The experts want us to wear masks that masks don't necessarily keep all the particulate out, but it can adjust the airflow so much. Uh, I believe the experts. The experts turn out over time to have been dramatically wrong. Some of them say it's because the virus is a virus and it evolves and mutates, and the particulate matter into which the virus transmitted was smaller and smaller and smaller. At this point, it is safe to say masks don't do any good. Uh, I have most of my friends very much are insistent that they never worked all along. I notice now, by the way, that there are a lot of people on the left say, well, we got to put the masks back on because of the flu. We never wore masks for any flu outbreak in this country ever. People get the flu shot. And you know what? You don't get the flu typically when you get the flu shot. You tell people to put on their masks. Why bother getting the flu shot? You're, You're undermining your cause. The larger issue here, however, is that 
the Surgeon General would not use the words, but essentially admitted at the time when they were telling people not to wear masks and then they flipped that they were lying. They were lying. Dr. Fauci has always maintained that uh, the U.S. government was not funding gain-of-function research at this lab in Wuhan. We now know the government through proxies kind of was. In fact, we've known that for a while, and he very much ended his career in government, still insisting it wasn't true. But we know it actually is kind of true. We know a lot more as well, though. We know that much of what was said the whole time turned out to be lies. Much of what was said the whole time turned out to change, and this is one of the important parts that not enough people on the right are willing to recognize or appreciate, is that some of it changed not because they were lying, but because the virus evolved and mutated. The problem is that many of the experts weren't willing to acknowledge and humble themselves and say, yes, this was true then, but the virus has changed, and so that's not true now. They didn't want to do that. So many of the experts did not want to acknowledge changes, did not want to acknowledge changes in research, did not want to acknowledge better research, did not want to acknowledge uh, viral mutations. They didn't want to do any of that. They just wanted us to do what they said. It became not about what was the information necessary, but about their ability to control us. And one of the great deviations in COVID over time was that so many of the experts whose job had been to give us information so that we could make up our mind into how we wanted to live our lives, instead decided we had to do what they told us to do. It was no longer about giving Americans information so Americans could decide how to lead their lives. It was about listening to the experts and doing what the experts said for us to do, whether or not we wanted to do it or not. It was one size fits all, damn your approach unless you follow the experts. And if you didn't follow the experts, there was an entire chorus of the media and progressive activists online willing to bully you, shame you, and shut you up by getting your Twitter account turned off. And it turns out so much of what they said the whole time was wrong, including the lab leak theory. Now, even the New York Times is, is running pieces questioning all the data on masks. Now, the New York Times and the Washington Post, CNN and other major media outlets are finally saying that uh, your natural immunity is as good or better than the vaccine. You know, this was one of those early on things that even I was talking about at the time. My position on getting the vaccine was that given my wife's cancer in my household, it was actually the smart approach for us to get the vaccine because if we got it, it would be a lesser case. We probably would not get it and we would be doing my wife a favor. But I got into arguments one time with someone who was a professor at an academic institution that will go nameless who called into the show and was very upset that I said, you know, typically with viruses, bacterial infections, you get some immunity by getting sick. And if you've gotten COVID, you probably don't need the vaccine. And this academic person from this academic institution was furious at me and interpreted it as me telling people not to get the vaccine, as if it was vaccine denialism. And I was very adamant. This would have been 2021, or pretty early in 2021. And I was like, no, I'm not telling people not to get the vaccine. I'm telling them, if you've gotten COVID, you probably don't need the vaccine. And he was very insistent, very insistent, that I was 
probably causing people to die, which was nonsense. And now, by the way, in 2023, major media outlets are recognizing what so many of us recognized and knew to be true because of basic science. Y'all, I had biology. I'm not a biological expert, but I had it in school. It's part of having a uh, a, a um, liberal education in a uh, college of liberal arts. You got to take sciences. You got to take maths. You got to take art degrees. You got to take biology or you, you take chemistry, physics, whatever, take biology. And remember, you know, it, it, it's kind of basic. You get sick, you build up your immunity. Anybody who has kids understands this. When you get your first kid, you get your first kid, your kid goes to daycare, your kid comes home, and you get sick all the time. It is like the plague in your house 24-7, 365. The first kid comes home with, with an upset stomach and a stomach bug. By the end of the week, you're throwing up. The kid comes home with green snot coming out of his nose. By the end of the week, you've got a cold. The kid comes home. With, I mean, you name it. The kid's going to give it to you. And then you have the second kid, and that kid starts the same thing. And guess what? You don't get sick all the time because the first kid got you sick with everything. The first kid is like typhoid Mary. The second kid doesn't matter. You've already had the typhoid from the first kid. Natural immunity is a thing. We all knew it. And now suddenly they're like, oh, yeah, with no appreciation for or acknowledging how they were denouncing people in the past. But it's not just that either, is it? Philip, this is the part you may have to clip and and, and put on Instagram because I'm going to enjoy this one right here. A week ago, in a monologue that we put on Instagram, I noted how Pete Buttigieg is adamant that Donald Trump's rollback of brake regulations on trains contributed to the train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio. The media used Pete Buttigieg's criticisms of Trump to suggest that, yes, the Trump administration, through deregulation of trains, was at fault for the train derailment. And it was designed to shift the narrative away from current government incompetence to things Donald Trump did. Because if you can blame Donald Trump for something, why not do it if you're in the press? The chair of the National Transportation Safety Board, the independent federal agency that examines these sorts of disasters, was on CNN this weekend and said, actually, the brake regulation rollback had nothing to do with this. Nothing Nothing. I have a bunch of progressives in the comment sections of that clip on Instagram railing at me for humping Donald Trump's leg, defending him, and lying to defend Donald Trump. And it turns out the chair of the National Transportation Safety Board agrees with me that the end of that regulation by the Trump administration contributed nothing, nothing to the train derailment. And yet so many people on the left wanted to blame Donald Trump. The Washington Post fact check today, this is the headline, so far, Trump's rollback of regulations can't be blamed for Ohio train wreck. Got the so far? The implication there is we're going to keep looking until we can nail it on the SOB. They're just trying to find a way for Trump to be blamed for the train derailment. It's not so. But for a week, the Democrats got echoed throughout the media, throughout the talking points, throughout the the pundit class, blaming Donald Trump because what Pete Buttigieg did was misinformation and disinformation, and they allowed him to get away with it. Just like the Hunter Biden laptop, we still have people on television today 
who signed the letter saying the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian disinformation. And still to this day, they appear on CNN and MSNBC, ABC, CBS, NBC, and we are expected to listen to them by virtue of their expertise and credentials and pay no attention to the fact that they not only got it wrong about the Hunter Biden laptop, were on board censoring a press outlet that got it right. Masks, natural immunity, the COVID lab leak, the Hunter Biden laptop, the the train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio. It seems like the media itself has a disinformation problem. And these are the people who lecture us nonstop on conservative disinformation and right-wing misinformation and how corporations have to stand up and censor us and silence us. They lack the... Humility, they lack the self-awareness, they lack the ability to assess, they lack the ability to appreciate that they themselves get it wrong. They consider themselves arbiters of the truth, and when they get it wrong and tell a lie, they decide the lie is the truth, and they can't understand why people don't trust them anymore. And the problem here is there will be another health crisis in this country. There will be another outbreak of some kind. And fewer and fewer people will be willing to trust what they hear in the media because the media not only told them so much that wasn't so, but never wanted to acknowledge that they had gotten it wrong and to reassess how they get it right the next time. They just keep going on about their business, demanding that you give them credibility by virtue of who they are, not because of what they've said, and pay no attention to the things they've gotten wrong. The media the National Press Corps, a free people need a free press. But these people are so enslaved to their prejudices and hatreds against so much of America, they're not free. And their lack of freedom self-imposed on themselves undermines the conversations we can have in the country, undermines our ability to confront crisis, undermines our ability to navigate the crises of the present day because we can no longer be sure if they are telling us the truth or telling us a lie they want us to believe is true or telling us something they believe is true even though it's not true and they lack the capacity to have any amount of humility to think that maybe we should allow other people to say things that disagree with what we're saying because maybe they're right, maybe we're wrong. Since they can't do that, more and more people are tuning them out. And we do it all to our detriment, but it's a natural byproduct of the media deciding they want to be arbiters of what's true instead of just telling us what's going on. I want to tell you one of the things that's going on out there is the economic turmoil, and you have so many people in the media cheering on good days on the stock market and then trying to be dismissive of bad days in the stock market. Today is a good day in the stock market, at least. We've had all this volatility. If you're worried about the volatility, you might want to reach out to my friends at Advantage Gold and talk about using precious metals to support your own portfolio. 800-450-2566 is the number. 800-450-2566. They're Trust Link's number one highest rated gold company, seven years in a row. They got the best prices, the best staff, got a fantastic IRA department. They can help you navigate using precious metals for your retirement or your general portfolio. They can give you a free gold IRA investment kit that tells you what you need to know. They're highly educational. They want to answer your questions. 800 450 
800-450-2566. That's 800-450-2566. Don't sit idly by while the stock market, inflation, everything that's going on wipes out your savings and retirement, your investment. Don't wait to call them. If you have questions about using gold at all, 800-450-2566. Welcome back. It is Eric Erickson here. Hey, don't forget if you text data to 33777, you can get the daily email uh, and you can get 15% off the paid one if you follow that link by texting data to 33777. All right, phone lines are open 877 973 7425. Woody Harrelson uh, was on Saturday Night Live this weekend. I don't watch Saturday Night Live anymore. It's not very funny, but they had on uh, Harrelson, and he made some joke about COVID and lockdowns. And, well, the headline at Rolling Stone is, quote, Woody Harrelson spreads anti-vax conspiracies during SNL monologue. That's right. I this is one of the weird things. Uh, Rolling Stone used to be the vanguard of the counterculture, and over the last number of years, it has become very authoritarian left. It uh, is an enforcer of left wing beliefs. It is a an apologist for progressive politicians. And anyone on the left who is countercultural seeks to deviate from the prevailing talking points of the day. Rolling Stones shames and shuns and condemns and blasts. And given the magazine's history of getting things wrong, like the University of Virginia rape story and the like, uh, maybe Rolling Stones should be a little more humble and maybe go back to being a little more counterculture. It's kind of weird now how... Uh, it seeks to preserve a left-wing social status quo as opposed to uh, fighting against the man. It has become what it used to loathe, which is kind of a fascinating role reversal. 